When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday. It's sunny in Chicago. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Corey Friedman, and Cody Del Mendo all with you. And we see the chat is up and ready and going already on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube to the CHGO Sports YouTube page so you don't miss any of our videos or shows Make sure you give us a like while you're there. And if you're a diehard out there, welcome. If you're not a diehard yet at all, chgo.com, make sure you sign up to become a diehard. Now's the time because we're almost into baseball season. You don't want to miss any of the things that Ryan is writing or Vinny throughout the baseball season. You get to see a lot of them, Ryan, but you don't get yep. to read all of them if you're not a diehard. And then you get the cool card, you too. Yeah, merch. Merch, merch discounts. Maybe rolling out something coming out. So Event discounts. Yeah. This is the time to become a diehard. Listen, are Cubs fans diehard? Of Absolutely. course they are. So we should have more people in the CHGO Cubs family that are diehards than any other team in Chicago. That's my belief. That's what we're hoping for by the end of the season. Uh, on today's podcast, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy baseball with Eric Halterman from Rotowire here in just a just a couple of minutes, and we're also going to do a segment later in the show called Backed or Fantasy, things that might be pipe dreams for the Cubs this season. Is it just a fantasy we have about this team in 2023, or is it something that's factual and will happen in this upcoming season? And uh, we'll have some fun throughout the afternoon. If you're in the chat, thanks for coming. Mike Dubbs back again. And I have to mention him, 50 go. straight days. Oh, yeah. 49 straight Dubs. days. 49 straight days of Mike Dubbs for the... Might as well go 50 since it was forty nine ninety nine. Yep. The generosity of well, a $50 yeah. super chat on my birthday was Does yesterday something I will count, never forget it. Yesterday counting that... No, just don't... Yesterday doesn't count in the 50 days. It's 50 days starting today. Today. Yeah. Today. Day 49 one. after today. 49 day days to go. Day one of 50. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Dubbs podcast. <laughs> uh all right, let's, let's get started with the fantasy baseball because I think it's something that I know a lot of people are getting ready to do their drafts pretty soon. Uh, we're going to bring in Eric Halterman. He is the features editor for Rotowire, the host of Rotowire Fantasy Baseball on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well. Great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to get into fantasy baseball. I haven't done fantasy baseball in probably 20 years. The number one reason is it's sort of overwhelming to me compared to fantasy football. So the first thing I want to ask you right out of the gate, I want we want to get to some Cubs stuff about this too, but I want to know how I can dumb it down for a doofus like me. Like, <laughs> How can you take something that is very labor-intensive and dumb it down for a doofus like me? Well, the good thing is there is a pretty wide variety of fantasy baseball leagues out there that you could join. There are old school leagues 
Uh, that might go very deep. Maybe you'll go 15 or even 18 teams in one league, or maybe you'll go 12 teams and only look at the NL only. Uh, mm -hmm. If you know your player pool very well, you'll have an advantage in those leagues, and they can be a lot of fun. But certainly you can play in shallower leagues. You can play in leagues that only require weekly lineup moves. I think that's the really main thing in fantasy football. You look at your team on Tuesday when you're doing your pickups. You forget to look at your team on Thursday when your <laughs> guys are on the bench, even though they played in Thursday night football, and then you set it all Sunday morning. Uh, you can play in a fantasy baseball league where you do your pickups Sunday night, set your team, and you're good to go. Or you can play in a league where you have daily moves and you have to have that daily time commitment. But I'd certainly be looking for a weekly league if you're looking, if you're worried about, you know, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this every single day because there's a that's lot it. of baseball out there. That's it. So I, I didn't even know that there were weekly ones out there. So that's, that's advice right out of the gate for somebody like me where I could say, all right, I can do that. I can make picks once a week. But every day it's hard to do. Now, if you're doing the everyday thing or the weekly thing, do you have somebody that's on the Cubs roster or multiple players on the Cubs roster that might be helpful to somebody as, as they're going through the draft, especially against um, if you're doing it with friends around the country that might not know the Cubs specifically? Is there somebody you're watching on the Cubs this year where you say, yeah, that, that guy's going to be a good pick? Uh, for me, it's Christopher Morell. I've been targeting him everywhere. Obviously not in the most shallow leagues because – we're not 100% sure how often he's going to play. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a, you know, maybe 12-team or deeper league, absolutely Christopher Morrell is somebody who's got most of the skills. You know, you're in the part of the draft when you're thinking about him where you're not finding guys who have everything put together. But what Morrell showed last year with really jumping over AAA, basically, I don't even think he played a single AAA game last season. But he showed power, he showed speed, he didn't show a lot of contact, but again, you're not going to have everything at that point in the draft. He's somebody where if he adds contact, you could get a huge profit from where you're picking him. Mm -hmm. But even where he's going already, you're going to get some power and some speed. And with a guy with defensive versatility like him, I just don't care that he isn't necessarily the top of the depth chart guaranteed at any one position. If you're the second guy in the depth chart at for seven positions, you're going to play, what, four times a week at least early in the season, and then when anybody gets injured, which unfortunately the Cubs already may be dealing with some of those, he's the next man up. Uh, so he's a guy I'm looking at, especially because in a lot of fantasy leagues, speed matters quite a bit. If you play in, in a points league, maybe steals won't be emphasized quite as much in your league, but if you play in a categories league where you're just trying to have the most homers, RBIs, runs, batting average, and steals among your hitters, Guys with speed, and Morrell should have a decent amount of speed this year, uh, get a big boost in fantasy. Interesting. So you like Morrell over even a guy like Wisdom who would give you the home runs because he gives you more categories, or, or am I putting words in your mouth saying you like him over Wisdom? Oh. I just lost the sound there, so I'm going to have to ask oh, okay. you to repeat that. that, that that's all right. You Can you hear now? me now? We lost, Eric lost our sound for a second, so we're hoping if he can get it back. You know, you, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, if I if you had to tell me one of those two guys, I was surprised by his Morell answer because I'm, A, not sure he's going to be starting, and B, I would have thought you would want somebody with, like, that's great at something, right? Yeah. That gives you a lot of home runs or gives you a really good batting average. But he's saying, no, he gives you – a little bit of everything sprinkled around. Mm -hmm. So later in the can you hear us now, Eric? 
Yep, we're good. Sorry about that. My uh, okay. Yeah, you're good. Sorry, I was I was just following up with that. I was saying, so would you take him if you had a a, a spot still left on your team? Would you take Morell over Wisdom? Because to me, that as as a novice, I would say, well, Wisdom will give you more home runs probably. But you're saying because he sprinkles it around that that might be a better choice. Yeah, it's going to be format dependent. Some formats, you really just want the power guys. If you're playing in, again, a lot of points leagues, you get a lot of points for homers, RBI, uh, extra base hits, that sort of thing. But in a categories league, both of them are really going to probably hurt you in batting average. And the extra speed that Morel gives is going to be a boost over wisdom. Interesting. You get, so so I'm, I'm wondering, like, so Morel may be like a more of a sleeper pick kind of thing. Yeah. But there are obviously going to be a few guys that people are high on on the Cubs. Which of those guys do you think, okay, like he's going to he's going to meet those expectations? Like he's coming in, people are high on him, and he's not going to disappoint. Dansby, Nico, Bellinger, those like types those, of right, those, yeah, yeah, the bigger names. Yeah, it's interesting because Cody Bellinger is probably the most one of the most divisive guys <laughs> right now in fantasy baseball, and I wish I could count myself as somebody who was particularly high on him. But, man, there's just so much risk there. And he's still going a little bit too early, maybe in the particularly shallower league where he does fall near the end of the draft. But I just don't want to be in a position where I can't afford to cut him if it doesn't work out. I did like Seiya Suzuki a lot, but a little bit nervous now. So I think maybe over on the pitching side, I think Justin Steele is somebody who's going quite late in drafts who showed more than maybe the broader baseball world was aware of late last season. I think... 318 ERA on the year for him, which was backed pretty well by peripherals, but he's not somebody who had a ton of hype coming into the year. I think you can get him pretty late in your draft, and he's going to be a totally solid back-of-the-rotation guy. Is there a uh, general strategy that you take going into a fantasy baseball draft when you do it? I, I think of my fantasy football, and I say, well, most most people now have adopted the strategy of I can wait for a quarterback until seventh round or later. Now, there might be outliers for that, and then you go running back, wide receiver heavy in the draft. Does that type of strategy exist in fantasy baseball? If so, what would be your general strategy? I think the main thing to think about there is how much risk do you want to take on with your pitching staff? Do you want your ace to be Jacob deGrom, who might have the best performance on a per start basis but might make 10 starts 15 three who knows what it's going to be so a lot of it's going to depend on your league size if you're in a smaller league that means the players available on the waiver wire are really good so you can take shots at guys like Degrom early maybe Spencer Strider who has ridiculous strikeout stuff but what kind of workload is he going to have in his second year as a starter later on in drafts maybe like an Andrew Heaney who will get you a ton of strikeouts but is prone to blowups so it's really about, do you want guys who are going to have a few amazing starts and man, if it all works out, they'll give you 30 plus, or do you want guys who are those solid innings eaters? And a lot of that is going to depend on the depth of your league. Some of it also depends on honestly, how good do you think you are? Uh, if you think you know baseball better than the rest of the people in your league, take on a bit more risk because you're going to find that next guy on the, on the waiver wire. Maybe you're more plugged in, you're listening to podcasts, you're subscribed to Rotowire, whatever it might be. If you think you're going to get the next guy, by all means, take the guys who flash tons of strikeouts, but who aren't entirely reliable. Let everybody else take the fine starters who they'll stick with all year while you rotate through 
those high risk, high reward guys. But again, it really depends on the size of your league. And if you think that honestly, you are going to beat your league mates to those best starters on the wire. Um, obviously for like rookies, you know, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson are like big names. Obviously the Cubs don't have that kind of, I guess, upside or, um, you know, ceiling, but they, they do have some, I guess, some rookies that are going to make their debut and could be good. Like maybe not necessarily in the draft, but maybe, uh, in season pickups guys like, you know, if Hayden, I, I think. Hayden Wisniewski might not start the year with the Cubs. Is he worth drafting even though he might not start with the Cubs? Is it? Do you think he can make it to the waiver wire to where you could then pick him up then? Or, uh, you know, even uh, other guys like Matt Mervis, um, Brennan Davis as well. They're all – it's all kind of like we don't really know if they'll make the team or not for opening day. Are, are, they, worth, are they worth waiting on? Yeah, in a deeper league, Wisniewski is getting a ton of hype. Um as long as you're in a league deep enough where you can afford to take guys who aren't guaranteed to start, absolutely. Hayden Wineski has shown more than enough to be worth taking that chance. In a shallower format, of course, you probably have enough guys to choose from who are locked in and have talent. But absolutely, Wisniewski is somebody I'll be following, taking him already near the ends of drafts. And again, you can just drop him if he doesn't get that starting spot there's going to be somebody who's not a whole lot worse there so he somebody i'm definitely interested in late in drafts matt mervis fantasy community was very excited about him in what november december everybody was all ready for him to come up and i actually be curious what was your guys impression say in september was the feeling around cubstown that yeah he's the guy next year because man they brought in trey mancini eric hosmer edwin rios everybody's kind of sad about that on the fantasy side because I think we were all ready for Matt Mervis to take over and be the guy. Yeah, I think if you had a league that rolled over and had Mervis, you'd be pretty pissed when they, <laughs> yes. not maybe not when they signed Hosmer, but definitely when they signed Mancini. You're like, mm-hmm. okay. I, yeah, I would Rios get, gets added in spring training. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, like, it was one of those where we kind of expected an addition just because, it's like, we didn't – Probably didn't want to see Matt Mervis take over the first base spot all by himself, but then they went and added three <laughs> three veterans who can play first base instead. So that was it. Was, it was a little. It went from like you're like okay, Matt Mervis is going to get a shot to like okay, now when is he actually going to play? Right. Worst that, case scenario, you thought he was platooning. Right. Yeah. But that said, though, you know Hosmer is being paid by the Padres and Red Sox to play for the Cubs. They're on a on a veteran deal. We don't even know if he'll make it through the entire year. Um, and then obviously Mancini can play corner outfield. They can DH him. So that's kind of what brought me to that question is, you know, will Mervis still get drafted or is he going to be more so on the waiver wire in most leagues? Uh, because yeah, he's, he's I, I think he could be up in like May, you know? Yep, absolutely. So he's fallen to a, a reserve round pick. You know, you're not going to want to take him at a spot where he has to start. But if you're in a deeper league, and you think he's got a shot to come up in May? Absolutely, I think he's useful. If you're playing in, say, a, a dynasty league or a deeper league, still perfectly happy with Matt and Mervis. But if you if you did a very early draft, say in November or December, and you took him, I'm pretty sad about how things turned out. <laughs> we have a question from our chat. Uh, our guy Mike Dubs wants to know: in a points to points or in a head to head points league, what do you think about taking Judge over Otani with the first overall pick? So a lot of that's going to depend on how your league 
treats Shohei Otani. Uh, some leagues treat him as one player, which, you know, is realistic. In real life, he is, in fact, one human being, as much as it <laughs> seems like he might be two. Other leagues have just split him up and say you can draft the hitter or the pitcher. We're assuming that this is one of those leagues where he's one player. I think then it also is going to depend. We were talked earlier about those weekly versus daily moves leagues. If you have a league where you have to set your lineup every week, you have to pick whether Otani is a hitter or a pitcher this week. And that means you aren't getting both guys. And there I probably would go judge. But if it's a league where you have daily moves, then, hey, he's starting on Monday. Well, he's a pitcher on Monday. And then the rest of the week, he's a hitter. Then you really have gotten two players with one lineup spot. I think every single league with daily moves, there's basically no reason to pick anybody but Otani because you're getting, maybe he wouldn't be the first overall player if you split those two players in half, but he'd be, what, the 10th and the 25th or something like that. So any league where you can basically fully use all of Otani's stats, I think there's no question that he's the number one guy. But if you have to pick, I have judged number one in most leagues. Yeah, he's saying uh, daily moves, he's one player. Yeah. yeah, He's one player. I never even thought about that. Like, obviously, if you get to use him, you only have to make one selection for a player, and you can use him as a pitcher and a hitter. There, How could you draft anybody else, <laughs> right? You're getting a two-for-one, yeah. so... Well, that's the way the Cubs should look at it when he becomes available in free agency, in my opinion. But that's another story. Uh, that's a fantasy, for sure. Eric, how do you evaluate guys that have changed teams, whether it's Bellinger or Swanson or Tyone? Tyone like any, anybody that's on a different team, like their stats clearly were different with another franchise. Now you're going to a team that may not be as successful as those three teams. How do you factor in where guys were and where they are now yeah there is this notion that maybe you shouldn't pay up for the stars in the first year of their big contracts i think some people are a little bit scared that there'll be a letdown after guys have made their money i don't factor that in a ton but it's a small thing i don't know how much it applies for not the elite guys so maybe a trey turner you'll discount a little bit i'm not sure if the tyones and bellingers of the world matter too much there uh, for guys that have changed teams, though, in guys like Bellinger's case, you're really wondering, maybe hearing a new set of voices will finally unlock things. I think, unfortunately, I have more faith in the Dodgers unlocking things than the Cubs, so maybe there's going to be something with Jason Hayward very late in drafts here. Um, but in general, for guys who haven't had careers as exciting as Cody Bellinger, I guess we could put it that way, to be friendly, you're mostly looking at park factors. So did they move from a pitcher-friendly park to a hitter-friendly park? And that will adjust their value in one way or another. Or did their lineup change? Did, did they used to be surrounded by very bad players? Now they're surrounded by much better players. That will affect how many runs and RBIs and you know how many total plate appearances they'll get because their teams will keep coming up. So mostly think about whether or not the team context change, except for, and again, in those few cases where you're wondering, hey, maybe you know change of scenery unlocks something. Cool. That's a, just a good question in the chat from Trevor. Uh, thoughts on the Cubs' closing situation? Like, is the community assuming uh, Michael Fulmer gets those opportunities at least to start? Or is the Cubs a situation where you're just like, this is going to be too many guys, like, don't even bother? Yeah, it's uh, probably one of the ugliest closing situations out there. And I think most people are <laughs> yeah. just not dealing with it unless yeah. they really feel like they have to. I've taken very late shots maybe like brad boxberger i think i drafted a draft last weekend maybe he gets there 
but there's a decent chance nobody gets even 15 saves on the Cubs. And for relief pitchers in fantasy, you're mostly just drafting them for their saves because they just aren't throwing very many total innings. So uh, it'll be one to watch. It's probably the bullpen that I've been tracking the most in the first few weeks of the season. That and a few others. It's one of the most wide open out there. But it's not bad. I think whoever gets that Cubs closer job is definitely going to be a viable enough option. Mm -hmm. It's just who really stands out from that pack. And it's also when, because like last year, it was the same situation. And then David Robertson very quickly earned that like de facto closer job and obviously was getting the most save opportunity. So I I do think it's like what you're saying is it's very, it's like a volatile situation. You don't know who it's going to be. But then someone may win it a few weeks into the season, and you know they have the potential to be really good closers. Yeah, and often the way this goes is whoever is closer tomorrow is just the guy who didn't blow the last save in a situation <laughs> like this. So honestly, yeah. if whoever gets the first save, you might just go pick him up because there's a very good chance he's the guy, even if when David Ross calls him into the game, he's not thinking of him as the guy. Uh, one last question from AMW Chicago in our YouTube chat. Who's the rookie you're drafting if you have to draft a rookie every in every league you're taking? Well, it was Andrew Painter, the pitcher for the Phillies, but now there's maybe some elbow trouble. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, though, is the pitcher for the Orioles. Very excited about him, showing what he can do. I Again, I liked Painter more because you didn't have to pay as much for him in drafts because he was a little bit less certain, but he's having some elbow troubles this spring. I think Grayson Rodriguez is extremely talented and it looks like he's going to have a very good start shot to start right away again though it's going to depend on leagues in deeper leagues where you really need as many innings as possible it's harder to rely on these rookie pitchers because the way teams manage guys these days they're just not letting rookies throw 200 innings but in a league where you want per game per inning production that sort of thing i think grayson rodriguez could be an excellent choice Great. Uh, Eric Halterman from Rotowire Features Editor, and we really appreciate your time, Eric. This was fun, and I hope we can do it again in a couple weeks or throughout the season because most of the stuff you told us, I had no idea about any of it. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. So anyway, We know we know with, with sports, things change all the time. That's so right. We're going to need new strategies and new stuff with, with baseball. So, Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on. And I think I was supposed to plug before I left. You can go to rotowire.com slash CHGO and get a free trial. I think CHGO should be uh, easy letters for you guys to remember. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. (laughs) And I'll tell you more about the uh, free trial they've got going on coming up in a second. But first, Cody's going to tell us about Goose Island, our favorite beer, Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, uh, Goose Island is uh, the official beer of CHGO and Chicago's beer. Since uh, 1988, our friend Zach in the chat here, he says he's from Illinois. You can get some Goose Island, and uh, you can drink that while you watch your shitty Cardinals. Uh, Ouch. They got the uh, Blackhawks Pale Ale, um, the Bull City 312, uh, Bourbon County Stout, Christmas IPA, Beer Hug IPA Series, which I keep hyping up. You can get the tropical one that's 9.9% alcohol. I mean, just... Beam me up, Scotty. Let's ride. Uh, the Green Line, Matilda. Uh, it is the best. Uh, if there's anything Chicago, it is Goose Island. Goose Island's two oh, yeah. local locations are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton. Or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne for reservations and pickup 
Go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company. One of our uh, partners that we're so proud to be partnered up with and Rotowire, another one. Eric was great. I thought he had some great insight. I said, okay. Barb's already saying, bring him back. I want to know about Brendan Davis. Does he have value? Well, let me tell you, it's baseball season. Get your fantasy baseball news from Rotowire, a pioneer in fantasy sports for more than 25 years. Cheat sheets, customer player rankings to fit all leagues, rotisserie, points, 10 category, 30 category. Let their experts analyze all the wild baseball stats for you. WRC plus, I still don't know what it means. Uh, barrel rate, sleepers, prospects, hard hit rate, etc. Mock drafts galore. X, ask the expert function. Premium fantasy draft kits, custom start, sit, add, drop, trade advice, lineup optimizers. You can access to fantasy, DFS, sports betting articles, and not just baseball too. Fantasy advice on everything: golf, soccer, NASCAR, XFL. Uh, for a limited time, right now, Rotowire offering a free two-day trial to our listeners. Just go to rotowire.com slash CHGO to register. No commitments. They're so confident you're going to like their product and want to invest in a subscription plan. They don't even ask for a credit card up front. So take a peek behind the paywall, and when the trial is done, then you can decide if a Rotowire package is right for you. We're going to continue the fantasy level the word fantasy carries over to segment two it's not fantasy baseball we're talking about but are we talking about fantasy dreams we have for the Cubs this season so let's throw out some ideas things we've talked about already on this podcast the CHO Cubs podcast and maybe some we haven't some things we've seen in the chat are they fact or are they fantasy are we living in a fantasy world because we're starting to buy this storyline so the first one that I just saw from the chat, I didn't have this in the list of things I wanted to bring up, but I saw it come up way earlier in the chat, and I think it was Matt Gregory said, the Cubs will sign an extension with one of these guys. Oh, we got it up. Fact or fantasy? A little, little up. Sarah. Up even higher. There we go. Here Fact we go. or fantasy? Hap and right or uh, um, Nico Horner, one of those two. We'll get an extension before the season starts. I think fact on Nico, fantasy on half. That's an optimistic Oh, so, so you're saying Corey if it's Freeman. at least, if it only mm-hmm. has to be one, you think mm-hmm. it's a fact. One of them will well, get You done. said this season? Because I feel like going Nico doesn't the, have to be now. But. Going into this season, one of them will get an extension. I I, I kind of want to say fantasy on both. I, I think it is kind of late, and I'm like, Jed has talked about he doesn't want things going into the season, but he also talked about he didn't really want stuff to go into spring training. And we're here now, right? So, like you just said, Nico doesn't technically have to be now. And by not extending him now, you run the risk of him having another breakout year and raising his price even more for an extension next year when you only have two more years of club control. So, you do run that risk, but technically he doesn't have to be extended now. Ian Happ is the one you do. Do the Cubs want to extend him? They've they've talked about they like having Ian Happ in-house. Ian Happ wants to be a Cub. But that doesn't mean both sides are going to come to an agreement, and it's not just on Jed. It is on you know on Hap's camp too. He they they both have to agree on a number, whether it's uh, you know Jed lowballing or Hap thinking he's worth more than the Cubs think he is. Like you might I, see what Ben Attendee got and be like, yeah, free right? agency so, seems like the right move for yeah. me. So you don't know. We first of all, you don't you don't know which side the numbers the the bad numbers coming from. It could be coming from both sides. They just like. You know, it's kind of like arbitration where they have to meet in the middle on a number, right? Um, so for Hap, it feels like 
unless he gets what he thinks he's, especially coming off an all-star gold glove year, like his, and his price has gone up. And now that guys are starting to fall off the board of potential free agents, um, his stock is rising too. So, um, I, I kind of want to say, I kind of want to say fantasy on both just because we're getting, you know, we're already into the second week of March and we're getting closer and closer to opening day. And, you know, kind of have to, I negotiating during the season is hard. And we've seen that with other former Cubs. So I'm just with you because I think they ha- like, I think that they can find a common ground with either of these guys. I think the Hap one is tough though, right? Because the front office is going to look and say, okay, he's obviously coming off a, a very decorated year. He kind of put everything together for mm-hmm. a full year, right? But prior to that, his seasons had been usually tales of multiple seasons, right? Parts were really good, parts were really bad. So from the Cubs camp, maybe they're uneasy about certain terms he might want. And from Hap's perspective, he's going to say, I just put everything together. You know, I'm 28 years old. And as you alluded to, like, guys keep coming off the free agent board. Like, he's a top, like, three offensive player, I think, in the in the market next year. Like, so... I don't know that that just because that's a case doesn't mean he can expect some crazy contract or that that's what he's asking for. But I just, it's a situation where I feel like the sides might have differing views of where the player is. But like, you know, Cody and I were talking like the article uh, that Mark Feinstein wrote about the situation with Ian Happ. I mean, it's like you could have copy and pasted that article <laughs> for Wilson Contreras or yeah. Anthony Rizzo and literally just changed the name of the player. Yeah. And the quotes are the same. I want to be a Cub, yep. but we have to find the right thing. Like, I but, mean, that's what Hab was saying last year, it's too, the even same though it thing. wasn't his walk yeah. here, you know? So, I'd say um, it's fantasy at this point. I've uh, Either one. I'm, I, yeah. For this season. For this season. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done getting hope, my hopes up, man. It is what it is. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. How about the Cubs will be better both defensively mm. and on the base paths than they were last year. Now we look obviously at the defensively part and you say, well, they have a combined nine gold gloves now on this team defensively. If you add them all up for multiple guys at multiple positions, should be much better. Cody Bellinger yeah. in center, the defense up the middle should be really good. You assume They've replaced Wilson behind the plate with defensive-minded catchers first. Uh, base running was not a strength of this team last year. Fact or fantasy, the Cubs will be better at both this season. I'd go I'd go fact. I think we can clearly see where the defensive improvements, on paper at least, have been made. Um, and you, know, you have to show that on the field, of course. But uh, it, it does feel like they have, across the board, just – either upgraded defensively or stayed where they were at, which was good. Like they didn't upgrade in left field because, you know, Ian Hav was a gold glover last year. It's not like they needed mm-hmm. to upgrade there. Um, but for most of those positions, they brought in Bellinger, you know, Swanson. You don't know really what you get at third base yet, but, you know, we'll see if Patrick Wisdom can have a little better year like he did in 21. Um, if Morrell's arm takes a leap, if Nick Madrigal shows that he's at least a steady, you know, a guy that can play there not every day, but just when they need him to be there and, and you know make the plays he needs to make. Uh, I think defensively they've been overall they've overall improved. The base running is weird. The I don't I don't know how the pizza box bases are gonna really affect it, but I do know the Cubs were like what like third or fourth in stolen bases last year, so they were really good at that. It was the 
outs on the base pass that really screwed him up last year. And maybe just adding a little bit more experience to this team might help with that as well. Right. Are the are the pizza boxes square cut on top? Or are they <laughs> triangle slices? It's That's tavern a, style. Yeah. It's tavern style, well, then they might be better. I, but you don't know they're better because they don't have the Italy, the map of Italy on there. That's right. Like, and are, are they burning the crust? You know they'd be at their on best purpose. If they had that. Defense wise, I, I would expect them to be better. <laughs> I felt more confident in that when we were kind of expecting Saya to start the season sure. and be out yeah. there every day in right field. Now that you might have more of a mishmash out there mm-hmm. for however long that is, It'll it's a little fun. hard to project but I I, I I mean they're they're definitely going to be better they have yeah. one of the best defensive shortstops <clears throat> in the league and they now moved uh, an elite defender in Nico over to a position that he ought to win a gold glove at so they're they're going to be better in that regard um, you mentioned it they were second uh, I, I'm a fan graphs man but baseball reference has outs on the bases so uh, second in the league for outs on the bases and ter- second worst yeah. in the league behind, ahead of only the Tampa Bay Rays um, in terms of outs on the bases. And this was not a – the Cubs in Tampa were pretty hot, like ahead on the list. Uh, ten outs separated the Cubs and Dodgers uh, from second and third place for the most outs on the bases. They have to be better at that. That's yeah. one of those things that's a little difficult to predict. Uh, Cody Bellinger rates as a really good base runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dansby is a really good base runner. Harder to predict, though, because sometimes that's just situational. I would say fact, but it's also one of those things, it has to be a fact. They yeah. cannot continue to be that bad. They were so sloppy at times last year. And as we've talked about, like, evaluating David Ross and getting toward discussions about how they view him and how that long his contract season. is, yeah. you cannot have year after year after year where you're not disciplined in that mm-hmm. way. And if it's a result of trying to steal bases, that's one thing. That was not always what it was no. last year. They were getting caught at third. Chris Bryant yeah. was a great base runner. Excellent yeah. base you runner. Know, he wasn't the fastest guy. but he No, was but he was a great base runner. Well, and Javi had really those good instincts. He may not have been as traditionally, but he one, was. One thing yeah, I will say with last year, and I, I, this doesn't go for every single out on the base pass, but I think that team just, they, they didn't have, the power or the you know the extra base power that they needed to score to just score runs from first they had they were trying to manufacture force more runs yeah and it, it, to their detriment a lot of times it was they were trying to force the issue trying to manufacture runs by just overall being more aggressive on the base they pass. had to take the risk they added yeah. some ba- they didn't add all world hitters this season but you know Danzy Swanson you hope adds a little bit more pop in that lineup Trey Mancini too I mean, if Eric Hosmer, if this shift really does so, like he can get, I, I, I'm just throwing names out there. But overall, the hope is that the Cubs have added enough extra base hitting that they can knock some of those runners in that they don't have to yeah. try to go first to third on every single single to right field, right? Or try to score second second to home on any single that goes to the outfield. Bases are closer now. So, mm-hmm. But so there's there's just opportunity. There, there's yeah. The Cubs hope there's more opportunities for them to not have to force the issue and be sure. as aggressive on the base pass, which may benefit in that, you know, reducing the outs on the bases that they had last year. Yeah, yeah I'll go fact. Uh, it's pretty clear that the roster overall is better, and that's honestly, that explains it enough. Should pl- It should play out that yeah, way. It should play out Here, that way. Now, here's a good one. I think Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes will combine <laughs> to hit more home runs than Wilson Contreras in St. Louis. Those two guys, I saw Mike Dubb saying he thinks Jan Gomes will have a better season than Wilson Contreras, just straight up. 
I'm asking. He's drinking the juice that I like to drink. Well, first, <laughs> if you're evaluating the whole player, I could see how he's going to argue that. Defensively, like, for sure. Defense. I mean, the Cubs have made this decision because of yeah. calling games and working with young pitchers, yada, yada, yada. We've beaten that like a dead horse. Right. So, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that's the reason they yeah, made the decision. Yeah. But if we're talking about just offensively, can those two guys combine? Will they combine to hit more home runs than Wilson Contreras? Fact or fantasy? I I asked this question because I like to stir the stir pot. stuff yeah. up. Not as much as Cody, but I do like it. Um, <laughs> you sure? No, I mean you know Wilson has never been a like crazy home run guy, right? You're right. probably looking at mid twenties in the, in yeah. the, in a really good Cardinals lineup, Different hitting around those guys. I, I I would think if he is healthy and and playing all year, he's going to get at least to twenty to thirty somewhere in that range. Um, so I think the only way this answer is yes, is if Wilson just falls off a cliff for some reason or is not healthy. I was going to say the other, the other way it could be possible is that if they try to play him in the outfield more often and his body's not ready to be running around the outfield, you know, we're not, I'm not rooting for that, but it is a legitimate possibility. Uh, you'd have to go back a few years, I think for Barnhart, uh, his last double digit season. So, uh, you know, I I think one home run last year, right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you One combine the best years from Gomes and Barnhart, they it's possible, but that's too many games. And so, no, but I wanted to stir some stuff up. So yeah. Get Cody right. going on a, what is it, a Tuesday, you know? I don't know. The Godfather, <laughs> Michael Collada, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, Michael Collada makes it worthwhile just on its own, just so you don't miss any of the comments in any live. Mm-hmm. He's had some real good ones in the chat today about uh, – Fact or fantasy? I think the first one was fantasy. Ricketts will pay someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, right it's it's uh, it's clear that Contreras will probably have a better offensive year than Barnhart and uh, and Gomes combined. Um, yeah, you know, home runs wise. I mean, listen, I'm looking at Wilson Contreras. The most games he's ever played in a season was 138, and that was in 2018. Then he went 105, 57, 128, 113. So can you get 120 games out of him? He'll be in a better lineup. I mean, the Cardinals lineup is no joke. It's, it might be a top three lineup in all of baseball, and that's very nice of me to say. That I'm going nice to go. I'm going to go. Like, very generous. I'm going to go like jump very into Lake generous. Michigan yeah. after. He's right, but I. But I'm. Just don't but Cody generous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's very nice of me to say. Cody Del Cardinal. Um, don't ever say that. He's going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to need you. Oh, that was a I'm cuss gonna, word. That I'm going to need you to go on. out on the balcony and jump off This it. podcast is about to get derailed. Okay. Cody right swears now. enough um, on this podcast. You, know, you don't need to listen, trigger him like y'all, that. Y'all like to give me shit because, I'm, because I'm optimistic and, uh, you know, I, I won't look at the – I will do almost anything to spin something the Cubs way. Right. I said a fact there, and it is, it is true that the Cardinals – a lineup is going to be very, very good, especially when Jordan Walker gets called up. And, I, again, I hate saying it out loud. Um, so, again, because of their lineup already being very good, Contreras, is, it's only going to help It's only going to help him offensively it's, it, it, if he stays on the field. I think the question for this particular thing is, can Contreras stay on the field? Um, so I, I, I was going to say, I think yeah. if he just repeats last season, like then he – Blows Jan Gomes and as far as home runs, yeah. blows Gomes and Barnhart for out sure. Of the water. But again, like we've you know we've seen, uh, 
we've seen those guys they they can they can get into the get into it. Uh, you know, Barnhart hit 11 one year in 2019. It's not been too long since then. I don't know. Again, those guys. Could, I think those guys could easily put up eight to ten home runs each. I think it, they easily could do it. All right. How about this one? Tyone or Strowman will lead the Cubs in wins this season. Oof. So if you're if you're saying fact, you're taking one of those two guys to lead the team in wins. If you're saying fantasy, you're getting all of the other guys <laughs> as a shot to lead the team. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were asking like between Tyone and. No, Strowman. I'm not even. I'm not even okay. making you choose between the two of them. I'm letting you say they're the two most likely guys. One of them will lead the team in wins, or you could say. Steele, Wesneski, yeah. Sampson, whoever else you might want to take. Look, you love you love pitcher wins. You're a big pitcher wins guy. When, well, if Look a guy wins, it got, if a guy wins 18 games, then it's not a number that's ridiculous. Sure. But if 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 you're just showing me somebody that has six wins in a season, then very rarely does that have any factor in whether or not that guy had a good season, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it can go too yeah. many different ways with other numbers. But if somebody has a 20 win season. 21 season still holds up to me as a guy who had a pretty good year. I'll say I'll probably go with fact. I think those are going to be your top two. Like Steele has a definitely an argument. Um, you know Hendricks isn't isn't going to be ready for the start of the year, so that just kind of yeah. takes him out of the running a little bit. Um, just off the bat, Wesneski, and you know we don't know how long he's. We don't know if he starts the year in in the majors or AAA. Samson, you don't know how long he sticks in that rotation. Like there's a bunch of different question marks with other people. Um, What's nasty? Yeah, but uh, Tyone and Stroman, as long as they're healthy, feel like those guys that are going to be at the top of the rotation the whole time, the whole year. Um, and I, I, I think I think they're good enough to make those like thirty starts in the year, uh, as long yeah again as long as they're healthy and should be good enough to give the Cubs a chance to win more often than not. And that's just kind of how you, that's how pitcher wins go, right? If you can get your six innings, seven innings, and keep your team in it, then you have a good shot at winning that game. I think Tyone. Tyone has a really good shot to be to be a guy who can give the Cubs a lot of innings. I mean, he had 170 some last year, so yeah, I could I could see him leading this team in wins. So give me, I'll take fact. Everybody's going fact. Me too. I and I specifically, I would I I think it's Tyone. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Tyone. Well, and I, uh, and you know, it's sweeper a, slider. It, it, you know, he's looked good. And you brought it up. I mean, it doesn't matter like what anybody thinks about pitcher wins. It's just a fun question. But like, I yeah. think the Cubs are also a unique situation where it's a little that gets a little cloudier, right? You just expect them to play so many close games. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the expectation that they're not at that stage where Jed wants them to be, where they're blowing teams out on offense and yep. stuff like that. You also are set up bullpen wise, where you have multiple of these guys that can go two, three innings at a time, and you're you're planning to kind of deploy it that way, which if we're talking about wins, that's what screws mm-hmm. that up, right, is, hey, it's, you know, the fourth or fifth inning. Do we want to let Hayden Wisniewski or Adrian Sampson or whoever it is go through the order that third or fourth time, or do we want to bring in Keegan Thompson to shut things down for two innings? That's where, th- you know, and then you're talking yeah. about one-run games. Like, that's where a stat like that gets kind of – crowded and more difficult to predict but yeah. I, I i would take tyone I if i were picking that, one person it does feel like I, I didn't think of that but like some of those guys at the back end of the rotation or what you expect maybe more likely to have those piggyback kind of games where a keegan or adbert relieves them for three innings whatever a guy like stroman or a guy like tyone feels like those they're going to be out there to go as deep into the ball ball game as they can like no pre-planned piggyback like get us seven innings or whatever 
or do your best to do that and then and then you know give it to the back end of the bullpen kind of thing. I was going to do um, St. Louis is the most boring city in the division, but I've decided not <laughs> to do that one because we all know it's true. Uh, let's go with Boom, roasted Mervis, <laughs> Brendan Davis, Madrigal, or Morell. One of those four players will emerge as an everyday starter for the Cubs by the end of the season. Like, that will carry over into next year. An everyday starter Matt, at Matt Mervis. One position? At, uh, no, because Morrell could be a, an oh, everyday starter. Yeah, if you, I would say yeah. if you want to consider for Morrell or Madrigal, if you want to consider them a guy that starts at least four days a week, no, five days a week, that I would consider that an everyday starter. Okay. I'll go fact. I think Mervis will be, I think by the end of the year, I think Mervis will be our, we'll, we'll be like Mervis is the guy at first base. By the end of the season. By the end and of the in, season. And into next season. This yeah. time next year, you won't have any question. I think Mervis, Mervis is your first baseman. Yeah, just because we don't even know if Hosmer will make it through the entire year with the Cubs. Mancini can play multiple positions, also DH, and he's getting older anyway. And he's mainly here as like a veteran presence, and it's a two-year deal. Um, I just think that they brought those guys in to help kind of groom him and help him understand what it's like to be a major leaguer and help him along the way when he goes goes through those – you know, bad stretches. So, I think Mervis, it's his it's his job to take by the end of the year. Once he gets up, which, like I said to to Eric, when we, were, we were talking to him in the first segment. I think he could be up in May when it's starting to get a little bit warmer. And say Mancini or um, Hosmer are struggling, I would lean that it probably Hosmer. Um, I think that gives him the opportunity, and then we'll see if he can take it and. Uh, Feel and see if we as fans can feel good about him at first base going into 2024. So you're saying for sure one of those guys, your thought is it's probably Mervis. It's yeah. funny because Dan Plezak told us he believes in Hosmer bouncing back. I got uh, my vibes are up a little bit after watching the Mancini interview. I, there's something I like about we what ripped he's that ball the other day, too. Yeah. Oh, he was good again yeah. yesterday. Oh, yeah, he was like good again. Again, I don't want to get too much in Cactus League, but he was good again. I'm yeah. going to say fact. I think my choice of the group would be Morell. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, however they decide to start the season or where he's playing position-wise or anything, I just think at some point he can put everything together and is a guy that you're going to want out there every day with his versatility. I, I, I wanted to say Brennan Davis, but yeah. in thinking that, the only way that yeah. that happens is if something else is bad. Say is hurt longer than they want or mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger is not you know, is reaching an unplayable level. Just, or I just said by the end of the season, what if it's half is traded at well, the deadline? that's what I was going to say. Is like, oh, as man. far as, like, for me, yeah. I wanted to lean fantasy, but if I were if I were to pick fact, it would be because it'd be because we're saying right now that Ian Happ doesn't sign an extension and Jed trades him at the trade deadline, and then you, know, you got two mm. months and Brendan Davis eventually takes over that left field spot. That's, right. if I'm going to say fact, that's probably the – <clears throat> like the, the scenario that I'd lean is more likely. I don't know that I'm going to completely say fact it just because we don't know how that's going to happen. I, I think like Mervis is in this category too, but I, I, I believe if Brendan Davis is healthy and he looks healthy in spring training, you know, you're going to want to get him back playing and comfortable and all of that. If that's a triple a fine, whatever. I, I just feel like he's going to be one of those guys where when he gets the opportunity, he's going to stick. He's going to keep it. So if that happens this year, then I think he's that answer. I'm going I'm going fact on this one because I think at least two of the three 
they would have to really struggle for it not to happen by the end of the season in the next season. And that is Mervis and Brennan Davis because the Cubs are going to want to find out if they're the future or not eventually. And so mm-hmm. they're going to give them enough playing time for that to happen. Madrigal Morel, I'm not as sure, but they're, you know, for different reasons, it could happen for them. If Madrigal's getting three hits and taking walks, well, then I can see how they will find a way to make him the Zobrist or whoever, however they can get him into the lineup, they'll they'll go ahead and do it. Same thing for Morel. But I think specifically Brennan Davis, I'll be stunned if he's not starting for the Cubs in one of the outfield yep. positions by this time next year. I, Unless I know he you, I know really struggles. I know you yeah. didn't mean it this way, but I, I, Nick Madrigal wishes he could be Ben Zobrist. Yes. Like, yeah, in, no. his, in his oh, wildest God. dreams. I'm not saying he's Ben <laughs> I know, Zobrist. I know, no, I know. I know. I'm not. If he is Ben Zobrist, then we got a great trade. Ideally, I would love it to be Brennan Davis as a guy we feel really good about going to next year because I think he has the higher upside if you compare him and Mervis. But I, we just don't know what this outfield situation looks like. Right. We have to watch the season play out. You know, you got and you got other really the, a lot of their top prospects are outfielders, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you have, and that's why right. another reason why the Hap thing is kind of up in the air. Yeah, yeah. and I and it's I true. think and it, I think it makes it a lot different of a situation comparably to guys from the past like Contreras or uh, Rizzo or Brian or Baez. One, because if things just go to what we expect, which is an 80-win team, and you have those outfield prospects coming up next year, you're thinking that this team is trending up. You're not thinking about this team selling half the bullpen at the deadline or selling – you know, five guys on that are position players like they have the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're not thinking that they're going to be selling a bunch of. Guys. They could they could sell. They could they could trade. You're half. thinking for 2024. Right. You're yeah. you're thinking about the again. You're thinking about the team trending up. So you're not talking about or thinking about trading all these dudes. So I I think Hap situation is a lot different compared to the rest of them. But the Hap situation is yeah. such is gonna is gonna be. It's gonna be so dependent on what the Cubs do as a team overall. Yeah. In my opinion, like it would be hard if they're in a position to make the playoffs. It would be very hard to predict that they're gonna trade Ian Happ, even if he has not signed an extension by the trade deadline. If they're in a position where they're in first place, they have a sizable yeah. lead, mm-hmm. and you sit like, will they actually trade Ian Happ? Like, will they make their team, you know, on paper worse by trading, you know, who? At this point, to play like, for the future, would, right? Like, if he's having, well, and, and if he's more that, important to the future, right? making the playoffs or a lot of that roster, would also depend yeah. on you know, and we can't answer that. But you'd have to, you know, if you're thinking the way we're talking about it, about Hap specifically, like you'd have to be really sure on what Brennan is yeah, doing, exactly. and that you're gonna elevate. You know, I mean, we're getting probably like crazy with PCA, but he's that, I think he's that good, but like, you'd have to be very confident that those guys are ready to be jumping levels and sticking at those mm-hmm. positions. Cause at this point, like if Bellinger is really good, you're likely going to lose him or at least have to pony up to keep him again. Right. That's mm-hmm. the whole point yeah. of, of the contract that he signed. Say, uh, you know, now we're waiting on this oblique. So it's a little hard to say exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Hap is coming off his his best year, so it's there's a lot that you kind of have to be paying attention to all at once to make those decisions, right? Yeah, I uh, mean, one of the questions I had, the last one was going to be, uh, the Cubs will be buyers, not sellers at the deadline. But I feel like we've kind of touched on that a little bit. Like, I 
I think a lot of people believe that they're going to be potentially a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it could it could go both ways. So I don't want to do that. Let's just keep it simple. The Cubs will make the playoffs mm. in 2023. Fact or fantasy? I probably lean fantasy off off the bat. Oh, so your gut reaction says gut it's reaction fantasy. fantasy. It's too hard. I I don't think they can win a wild card against some of the teams that will be competing for one. There, there's a lot of teams in the East and the West that mm-hmm. are going to be right there at the top of that wild card. Um, you know, well, they can finish list. second in their division and still not be a wild. Well, that's what card I'm team. saying. Yeah. So, so it feels like, as far as like maybe easiest pass the playoffs go is winning the Central. Do I think that they've completely put themselves, over, you know, ahead of the Cardinals? No, I don't. I don't know for sure that they even put themselves ahead of the Brewers yet, because a lot of these moves are. They have a lot of ifs. Same with a lot of these other teams. A lot of ifs and question marks on the team. So I'm going to go right now off off my gut, just knowing what I know about all these teams and say fantasy. Hey, surprise me. So surprise <laughs> I, me. Right? Like, yeah. Prove me, me wrong. I think at the – yeah, I mean, if, if I have to choose between the two, I'm, I'm probably leaning fantasy, but I think unlike – more than last year, like, I think this group does have a chance to put things together and especially, you know, play into a wild card position. Um, I think, you know, again, like, base, baseball is baseball, right? Like, that's the expert analysis you guys come here for. Uh, baseball is baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. it's very unpredictable. It's a very long season. Things happen. But I the, the, the Cardinals roster is just, I, I think, sick quite a bit better than either the Brewers or the Cubs. I would take the Cubs over the Brewers. I don't really get the Brewers mm-hmm. hype in some of those prediction models and things like that. The Cardinals, it's a good roster. Uh, and so I think some stuff would have to not go well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like the, these things happen. And so I do think it, that's possible. Yeah. But I think it's possible for this group to come together you get resurgent seasons from some of these guys. I think they can play them their way into a playoff spot. We'd we'd have to see. At the I, time, I, I would be unsure. Yeah. I also, because we were talking about it, I do just want to note in the chat is is talking about it. Edwin Rios homered again yeah. as the yeah. Cubs are playing right now. I'm very quickly in on Edwin Rios. I liked the signing when they made it, Factor but just fantasy. Oh, fantasy! I, I, mm-hmm. a fact on Edwin Rios. <laughs> like I, I was in on the signing as a flyer. Mm-hmm. Like try it out. But the dude just smacks the ball. I mean, he hits the ball with such authority. Get the get the strikeouts down just a little bit, right? Have, like yeah, and just let him mash away, about, yeah. mash away from the left side. Like I'm, I'm really in on that. All go. right, we have to get to some ad reads. We're running out of time on the podcast. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve. Manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade their outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LEDs. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact them at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, you can also email them at businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. 
No, we'll say what we were just talking about. I do think the Cubs have potential, a lot better potential this year to be playing meaningful September games. Mm. Even if I don't think right now they'll make the playoffs, they will be playing meaningful September games, in my opinion. And if you want to go to any of those meaningful September games, you should get your tickets on Game Time. Yeah. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? Fit the yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The, the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Cubs tickets. Game Time is created by the fans for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. That said, give me fact. The Cubs are going to make the playoffs, goddammit. We're going to manifest it every single day if I fucking have to. Uh, I think that the only way that they'll be able to do it is through the division. I like the Cubs pitching more than I do the Cardinals pitching. I know the Brewers pitching is better than anyone else's. But I also think the Brewers could be selling at the deadline. They don't want to pay Corbin Burns. There's a lot of bad vibes in that camp right now, in my opinion. I'm probably going to be wrong about this, but we're manifesting. So uh, don't yell at me. Anyway. Fly the W. Yeah. High on vibes. Hashtag <laughs> vibe with us. Uh, Dustin <laughs> Allen, Super Chat, uh, Buck99. He says Edwin Rios home run. What's, what is that emoji? It's like, uh, it's a, I don't know how to describe it. I know what it means, but like I don't flex, know how to. It's a little bit to, of a flex. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. I know it when on, to use like, it. Ah, right. Okay. I know when to use it. I'm looking like at it on, mm-hmm. on Twitter. We're looking at about like I thought it was 4 15 first, uh, to center from Rios. If it, I, I don't know if <laughs> I can't hear it because we're on a live podcast, but if Pat Hughes is or was on the call today, we would be breaking out the tape measure. <laughs> breaking out the tape measure. Um, did you see Jordan Bastian's tweet today of PCA uh, sitting and talking to Billy Williams yep. in Arizona? That. And I think that's one of the things uh, that I've always liked about the Cubs organization. And I know that um, other organizations do it too. But, but right now, specifically, what I like about it is to have somebody as young as PCA, not even close, to, what did we say he is yesterday? 20, 20, 21, 20. I think, that, I think he turns 21 this I month. mean, he's the fact that he's probably has no idea what Billy Williams looked like on a, on a baseball field. He knows he's a Hall of Famer, but that he's willing to take time and talk and listen to a guy who may have played a game a long time ago, but still might have something to tell him that helps him down the line. Mm-hmm. Someday, some game, maybe it's a routine going in that's still valid today that was valid then. It's a great photo, and I love that the Cubs still bring those guys back, whether it's Fergie, Billy, Sano in the day, Sandberg would, does a lot of work, uh, Sutcliffe coming around in the spring, helping guys out. I love the old generation, especially the greats, but any, any of the old generation, if it's Dexter Fowler there for a couple days, if it's John Lester, I haven't seen it yet, but if it happens, mm. like that's, that's what I want to see is – Former great Cubs helping future great John, Cubs. John just calls Justin Steele. He's yeah, b- he's in a right. deer stand or, you know, drinking Bud Light on a golf course, so he can't make it to talk to Justin Steele too often. Uh, just calls him on the phone. But give me, if we're manifesting stuff, give okay. me Matt. I, wanna, I want a photo of Matt Mervis and Derek Lee. That's what I'm manifesting. Oh, That's that what would I be want. a good guy. Yeah. 
Well, you want to see more D. Lee at Cubs convention and I everywhere. Wanna, give me more Derek Lee anything. Give me more key documentaries. Yeah. Absolutely. We need more. We need more. Uh, Ramos Ramirez. What about Ramos? Absolutely. We, yeah. The millennials are begging for it. <laughs> I promise yeah. you. I'm, not that I don't like Billy or any of the other ones, but just like give us something that. It's from our era. Man. The youth, Cody, Cody the youth Sammy need Sosa. it. Yeah, bring back. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what we're Don't really Don't get me on the tangent. The show's D- almost D- over. D. Lee uh, was <laughs> not a superstar in baseball, but a really good player for a long time. And I think he was maybe not appreciated nationally like he should have been because he was quiet. Superstar season in 05, yeah, one of the yeah. best yeah. seasons I mean, I've ever watched. Some, some great yeah. seasons. He's just not a vocal bat flip look at me other yes. than when he challenged Zambrano in the dugout. And Chris Young. And Chris Young. <laughs> and Chris Young, yeah. I, I think I, I, I agree with that, and just because we were talking about him, I mean, I think if you were talking about the last, I don't know, couple decades of Cubs baseball, I think if you asked who's the most underrated player in Cubs history for you know the last 20, 30 years, I think – you have a fight between Kyle Hendricks and Aramis Ramirez, and they duke it out for who was the least appreciated for that's, how that's much tough. they actually contributed on the field. Hmm. Uh, you could throw a lot of guys into yeah. that conversation for sure. Um, by the way, on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to sit down with Stu from Club 400 in studio. Club 400, if you don't know, is a like the ultimate Cubs fan cave that turned into – an events location in his house. Mm-hmm. It, it really is unbelievable. Like he, it's not just a fan cave. It's, it's a location for events. They, they have Cubs players come out there throughout the season. And, uh, we have some breaking news about some of that coming up tomorrow. There may be more than one location for too long. I was getting ready to say like, he's, uh, he's working a little something. He's working on something else that goes with it. So we'll talk to him more about that tomorrow. Uh, from my conversation with him about coming on the show, he's really excited. So cool. Um, he's a good dude. He is That'll a good guy. That'll be fun. Uh, so Stu's going to come in. Uh, Corey, thanks for coming in today. We've got uh, more to talk with uh, Cubs baseball tomorrow. So we'll be back here at one twenty. Shout Stu's out. Stu's going to be in the building, on our set. That's right. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Colada says to the Cardinal fans that have joined the chat today. Thank you for being so Thanks for so checking out the check CHGO out. Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and then use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll see you Tuesday live at 120 right here on YouTube. Until then, fly the W.